really, I mean, you've kind of brought me to the reason that I call the shop context. It's because that is really what I'm talking about right now. It's mixing what you love, what you're passionate about, putting it together. Nobody else is going to have that combination except for you Mm -hmm. because you are drawn to these things. They're beautiful. They're inherently beautiful, but it's your, your, putting adjacencies together, you're mixing things in a special way that your neighbor is not going to be mixing in the same way. And it's the context. It's your space. Welcome to the Sustain Podcast, where we discuss all things that exist at the intersection of design and sustainability. Are you intimidated by the zero and zero waste, but you want to live more sustainably? Are you inspired by elevated, timeless design? Do you prioritize progress over perfection? then you're in the right place. I'm your host, Jacqueline Tracy, the founder of Sustain, a home-focused, sustainable marketplace on a mission to build a more circular future, imperfectly, but collectively. Goldman Moore. She is the founder of Context Vintage. Uh, her furniture is actually currently sold in the Sustained Store in Denver. So it was such a fun collaboration to get the store together with Mila and her openness to collaborating and doing something different. She typically sells online and her pieces are just absolutely gorgeous. She has such an eye. She is just this most talented beautiful soul like truly I am just so excited for you guys to listen to this episode because Mila is just a really beautiful person inside and out and um, definitely on Instagram follow Context Vintage uh, for her pieces that she does sell online or check out them in store in Denver Um, we'll also be adding them to our e-commerce so anything that is still available will be uh, online and you can check it out at shop.thesustain.com. Okay, so we are so excited to welcome Mila Goldman Moore. She is the founder of Context Vintage and she's been curating high-end vintage furniture and decor for over 15 years. Um, And Mila and I have actually partnered up so her vintage furniture some of her a small selection of her vintage furniture and decor is sold in our first ever storefront here in denver colorado so mila welcome i'm so excited to chat with you today thank you thank you it's been so much fun to have pieces live in such a beautiful space with all of your other incredible products that you guys are offering so it's been it's been great it's been really exciting for me to have that opportunity to sort of showcase um my pieces amongst your pieces and see it all alive with your events that you've had in store Mm -hmm. and people using chairs and tables and um it's it's just been great yeah i totally agree there's just so much alignment because 
it's like you know sustainable home goods and then and then vent this beautiful high-end vintage furniture I mean there's just so much alignment and it's it's all the pieces that you curate are so timeless too and you just have such an eye so I was so lucky to have found you and I and then you just have a beautiful soul too so it's been just such a lovely partnership Ditto. Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, so I'd love to just start from like the beginning of, um, so what got you into curating vintage furniture? Was this a lifelong passion? Like, did you do this before you actually were, you know, formally context vintage? I did not. Um, I many moons ago had a career in architecture. Um, I'm a licensed architect. I practiced um, in that field for many years um, until about 2008 um, when my husband and I bought our first house and did a gut renovation. Um, We had a baby at the time and Um, that's my 18 year old daughter now. And we were sort of, um, just busy, um, and trying to live, live a life in a new city. We had moved from New York to Dallas. Um, and, um, I had left both a small business that I had started there in building code and zoning consulting, sort of a niche um, business that you couldn't really do in Dallas. I mean, you could, but um, it wasn't something that I wanted to start back up and it was uh, just a completely different field. So I, I just dove head first into this renovation project and um, spent a couple years doing that. And um, at the time was um, sharing that process with friends and family on Facebook. And um, when we got to the point where we were ready to furnish the house, um, I decided we were in this kind of mid-century lane. Um, The house was from the 1950s, late 50s. Mm. And so it was appropriate to the house and the project. And um, I just started buying vintage. I started styling it and sharing photos and progress and updates. And all of a sudden, um, a message came through from one of the early um, online business models for that space for the vintage space, um, an online retailer um, that was and still is called One King's Lane. Um, They look different now than they did at that time, Mm -hmm. but they invited (laughs) me to come and uh, participate in their business venture. And I didn't have a clue what what that really meant. Um, I didn't really know what that was going to look like, but I thought, well, I'll give it a try. It, it seems like they found me through this um, social media place and they like what I've been presenting visually. So um, I, I thought, let's try that. Let's, let's go for it. And that's how it all started. And um, I worked with them for several years um, and I would, you know, the, the, Business, their business model was um, to hold vendors um, as sort of freelance subcontractors 
in, in a way. And um, let those individuals, myself included, um, take photos, acquire inventory, and have the knowledge really to understand what a quality antique or piece of vintage furniture or art uh, was all about and why it was important and why it was special and why it held a certain quality. Um, and so they had all of us doing that. And then they would use their marketing dollars to um, push those products to a marketplace, an online marketplace that they created um, for people to nationwide shop um, virtually uh, that platform. And so it was really great because it was early days. Um, it was 2008-ish. Um, and it was just a new way, you know, for people to shop for beautiful things. Um, they had a trade program with interior designers um, that it, it, it made their business go a little bit more smoothly because um, it, prior to that, everything was sort of done in person. It was um, lots of, you know, gas driving yeah um, in-person shopping that's what i um, that's what i was just gonna ask was so when when you were on their marketplace were you shipping items so they had um y y sometimes i would um and sometimes i wouldn't they had a um shipping um relationship with a couple of different companies nationwide shipping transport companies mm -hmm. um freight shipping freight shipping um and um they would just come and blanket wrap pieces mm -hmm. and truck them off to their oh, final wow. destination oh so and you didn't have to handle was, that part it was like you were curating you were holding the inventory taking photos doing the write-up and exactly. then and then they were were they giving you a percentage of the sale then yes yeah yes. that makes they sense just took a commission of yeah. this off the you know mm -hmm. total purchase yeah um and I, I mean, I think it was kind of a win-win. They yeah. they came up with a really great model that was emulated many times over um, subsequent to that time. Mm -hmm. So, um, and it's still a great model. Um, yeah, it, uh. it, it it proved you know very um, successful for everybody involved, as far as I can tell. Um, it's there there are the company that I am a vendor for now is called Cherish mm -hmm. um, and um, they sort of are are very similar um, I, I I really like Cherish they have um, they're, they're great for small individuals sole proprietors like mm -hmm. myself um, who maybe don't have an e-commerce hopefully one day i can mm -hmm. get there mm -hmm. <laughs> um even even if you do have great e-commerce they're just another platform another um set of eyes mm -hmm. that help uh bring 
more eyeballs to you mm-hmm. um, as a small business. Yeah. So it's been it's been really great. Yeah. So definitely go check out Context Vintage on Cherish because <laughs> Mila has a beautiful collection outside of the sustain store too. Um, so so then with with Cherish though, I know you do ship things, right? The, like do. you handle a lot of that the logistics I do. I do. Um, again, it's, it's, it's a split, you know, Mm -hmm. I, I've formed over all of these many years, I've formed relationships with, um, shippers that are either based locally to me, um, in the past that was in Dallas. Now it's in Fort Collins, Colorado. Um, you, you just sort of see the same faces over and over again. And, you know, just like in any other business, you form relationships with mm-hmm. people that you like, people that you trust. Um, and um, so sometimes I hire them directly. Sometimes they are hired by Cherish um, from the bigger cities like a Dallas or a New York mm-hmm. where um, their main shipping business might be based and it's just a little bit easier to aggregate yeah um, that makes larger sense. quantity of pieces and ship them out at one time yeah yeah i'm amazed by that because when i think about sustained packages um it's like you know we're throwing some home goods in like we do have a with ceramics we're really careful about how we ship um especially because it's sustainable materials so we are really really that's the only thing i would say that's hard for what we ship today but but then when i think about like the you know some of the lamps we've sold even in the store like they're just things that um when i like tables couches all of that stuff it's like hard for me to even wrap my head around like how do you ship something this large and and the size is so awkward that it's like you has to has i mean is that a custom is it custom box or you you could call it that um (laughs) i i one thing i i've i've done so many boxes for so many items Mm -hmm. um Sometimes they're custom for large pieces. The standard wardrobe boxes that you might get mm-hmm. at you know any moving yeah like Home Depot or store, somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Um, those work with just I mean you just treat every lamp like a precious little baby and yeah. you pat it with all the recycled materials you possibly can inside of the box. And um, I mean, not to geek out, but vibration isolation is really what you're doing. You're just, you know, the box will shake and rattle and yeah. will be mistreated by some of the companies that definitely send boxes all over. Yeah. No, no names will be. Yeah. I know. Oh yeah. Yeah. I do. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you just assume that your box will be abused and mm-hmm. try to prepare the fragile pieces inside for that mm-hmm. and just buffer just buffer for vibration yeah. and um you just learn that over time and i think people who see a lamp see a, a you know for example or a vase envision it as one size and oftentimes what ends up happening is that it's double or triple that size once it's completely boxed Mm, um, mm -hmm. and protected inside and they might get the box and think what what in heck but Mm -hmm. it's in one piece yeah and that's the important part 
Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, there's, there's a reason that it's, it's shipped that way. Oh yeah. So, yeah. I, I totally yeah. understand that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, yeah. we actually, for our like ceramic mugs, we actually double box them for the, the vibration reason you're talking about. We just double box so that there's, yeah, there's even more padding so that if it's thrown somewhere, I mean, we put wrap, um, like, uh, like some kind of recycled paper wrap in there too. But, um, but yeah, the double box has been really helpful for really fresh because they will i mean especially like a ceramic mug somebody will just like toss that in the truck like literally throw it and if we don't like double box it and package it right it will absolutely it will be broken by the time it arrives i mean when we lived in new york um we saw uh, we saw the guys tossing electronics you know yeah like a television mm-hmm. box, a computer. We saw them yeah, they just throw them to the back yeah. of the truck. That's it's what just they do. incredible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, okay. So you just got to prepare for that. <laughs> but um, Okay, so let's talk about, so when you were in New York, was that when you were in architecture? Uh-huh, I okay. did. I, I practiced, um, I practiced, in Oklahoma, funny enough, um, Dallas, Oklahoma, and New York City. Oh, so, so cool. Were, and, and then um, when we moved back to Dallas, um, I did practice just a tiny bit with an interior design firm. and um, But I was already sort of in the consulting realm. Um, and I, you know, I've, I, I, I love every scale of design from a tiny beautiful piece of jewelry up to a lamp or a vase up to a chair or dresser um moving out into a room with art all the way out to the exterior the entire residential or commercial building mm-hmm. um you know it's just it's just um it's all scale for me and appreciating it no matter what it, it actually is yeah. that you're, you know, looking at or thinking about. Yeah. 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 So that I love that because, um, I think that there's just so much alignment with the background. I mean, it's, it's cool to hear even that you have worked in it with an interior design firm, but with the architectural background, that actually makes so much sense to me that you would naturally have an eye to see quality. Cause I think, I mean, today, when you think about furniture, I mean, it's like fast fashion, you know, (laughs) like it's, I mean, it's not as bad in terms of environmental damage, but it's bad. It's like they're adding more styrofoam to boxes. It's like you just piece this together. And then as soon as you move, you get rid of it. Like I think even on the Ikea boxes, it says this is not like it, it's, there's a note about how it's not going to last, you know, and moving. Yeah. Yeah. Like when, whenever you're like piecing those, those, um, those different tables and things together there's like there's like warnings about like it's not gonna you know last through a a big move or anything because it's not quality they're just i mean it's just cheap stuff being pieced together so it makes so much sense to me that you would be able to like look at a piece and identify that it's truly quality yeah yeah i i mean i think um i think there are of course some designers working in incredible sort of top tier materials Mm -hmm. and using incredible technology and historic and new ways of creating furniture. Um, 
usually when you're talking about those things, they are incredibly expensive Mm -hmm. and not for, they're just not attainable by the majority of anybody on the planet. Um, Mm -hmm. There's just a, a super small percentage of people that could ever help to acquire a piece um, of mm-hmm. that caliber, and that's fine. I, I mean, I think we we need a, a, a variety of um, types and kinds of, of objects and mm-hmm. useful objects on the planet. Um, but I mean, that is the nice thing about sustainable things and vintage things is that um, they're either made to be useful for a long time um, or they've already been useful for a long time and can remain useful with either zero modification or a little care and um, they're just they're just great for sort of a, a, a large group of people on the planet right now mm-hmm. um, without having to go through um, you know a, a huge amount of time to save for one piece that you might acquire for you know your entire life yeah um yeah yeah and it does it's like the um I think vintage is it's attainable but it's also um yeah it's 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 attainable it's made to last you know compared to what's being created today uh and then it it looks really high-end Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it is high end. Is. I shouldn't even say look. Yeah, I was like, it is high end. <laughs> like, it, it is. It is high end when you um, consider that most pieces are um, either hand assembled mm-hmm. or completely handmade, mm-hmm. um, or um, you, you know, made with materials that furniture is just not commonly made with um, today. Yeah. So you know, if maybe they weren't the highest end item when they were created, um, but relative to current, like what's being produced today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's so interesting too. Cause it's like that when I, when, as you're talking, it's, I think about like how there are like, you know, even like the, what, what people would say, like our cookie cutter homes, like there are these homes that are thrown up, you know, and it's, and then there's like this, you know, Wayfair and Ikea and this stuff that it's, to me, it's falls into all the same bucket of just like fast and quick mm-hmm. and on trend, you know? And, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. then you talk to the homeowners of the people who have built those houses even, and they're like, there's so many things wrong with this place because it's just like they threw it up. The materials aren't good. The house is not going to, you know, like it's my brother talks about that a lot because he's building a log cabin right now. And he is so like, he's like this cabin will last for 400 years. Mm -hmm. That's like the kind of quality of materials that he's putting into it. So that's incredible. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's true. It's, you know, I don't shop a lot for new things. Um, And so, I mean, of course, I'm aware of all of the things that you can get off of the Wayfarers, and I just have no interest. Mm -hmm. They're not visually appealing to me. They're not Mm -hmm. um, appealing from the quality standpoint. I, I mean, yep. It's 
it's it's hard because there's there's so much already that's been produced yeah so much and just it's yeah that you can find there's so many different like sites and so many different places you can find these beautiful pieces now i i will say that over the last um gosh maybe six six ish seven eight years i feel like the renewed interest in vintage has really blossomed with a new generation um and that's been incredible to to see and be a part of in a way um i i you know i love seeing all of these um young people who are sort of devoted to a craft or refinishing um or reupholstery um Mm -hmm. of of quality items that can get a new life and they want to incorporate those into their home they understand intuitively in a way that Mm -hmm. they're better um and it's it's been it's been really awesome for me to just be a part of that i i think i think people are definitely awake to that idea Mm -hmm. and um as more and more time passes, I, I and the quality of some new things um, becomes more and more apparent mm-hmm. that the quality is not as high as mm-hmm. things that are older or very, very, very expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, we, I, I think, we'll see more and more of that. You know, it's oh, I totally agree. Inevitable. Yeah. I totally agree. I think that there, I mean, when I think about even with sustain, I mean, the reason that I even reached out to you in the beginning was I, I really do. I mean, we sell a lot of new products for home, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and a lot of those products, I mean, make sense that Mm -hmm. they're not vintage, but I also always want a part of our just platform in general. Like I just want our, our, our message to the world. I want it to be like, this I, when people think of sustain even I want them to think there that you know this timeless uh like vintage mixing that with some of these new product like it doesn't have to be all or nothing but again so it's like almost going back to like our progress over perfection mentality I just love the, I also think there's so much it adds so much um character too mm-hmm. when you add, when you when you mix things in like vintage pieces there's so much more character that it is not just this, you know, HDTV kind of, um, <laughs> I'm sure there's some good um, shows about vintage there too. I don't watch HDTV that much, sure. but the, a lot of the stuff I see is just like, you know, everything's white, everything's new, everything's, and it's, um, I'm like, I want the character. Like I want to have this mix of like new and old. And I think it just adds so much to a room and to your home and makes it feel more like you, you know, like a, representa- a representation of you. I, I completely agree. I, I don't. I don't think that. I mean, maybe some people want to live in a time capsule, but yeah. <laughs> I, I don't think most of us um, really feel like we want just a frozen in time sort of environment for our homes. Mm-hmm. I think it's always a mix. I think it's you know, new design is exciting, um, and so you always want to have. And, and I think we're naturally drawn to things that are new and fresh and exciting to our eyes. And mm-hmm. But the balance of those new things with 
something with a bump and a bruise and a mm-hmm. little bit of a richness and patina and mm-hmm. you know where um I I I, I cannot imagine one extreme or the other being what the typical person wants in their yeah. home environment. Yeah, I agree. I just, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I, I think, um, I, you know, uh, you mentioned HGTV. It's, you know, you kind of have to go through that period of, I'm going to go out on a limb and call that a mistake period of time (laughs) where everybody was just sort of gray and whitewashing every Mm -hmm. surface Mm -hmm. and making it so bland and so um, supposedly appealing to uh, the majority of Mm -hmm. people who see it. I I just, you know, I, I think maybe somebody thought that or a group of people thought that mm-hmm. and now that we've seen it on the other side of that trend we can understand that that's not really what we want no I, I, it's not you know. <laughs> no. Sustain is raising a community investment round and you're invited to participate. If you love Sustain, believe in our mission, and want to become a co-owner of our rapidly growing company, visit wefunder.com slash sustain. Investments start at just $100. Okay, so what way, what ways have you incorporated the philosophy progress over perfection in the context of your business? No pun intended with context. <laughs> um, oh gosh, I, I think, um, well, no matter what anybody does for their profession, career, um, work, life, I, I think um, we all strive to be better than what we already are or at least what we perceive to be what we're what we already are um i i i mean that that's the hope is that we're all trying to improve um i think with context vintage specifically um you know sometimes maybe i get a little upset that i am not the best refinisher, for example, in the world. That's not really my forte. I'm not sure it ever will be. It's probably best for me to keep sourcing that work out, having reupholstery done and refinishing done. Um, so maybe sometimes I beat myself up about that a little bit, but I, I also think um, the little bit that I do um, to improve pieces um, is, is probably okay, and it's it's enough um, to satisfy me right now. And maybe in the future, I'll um, try to take on bigger projects, bigger than reupholstering chair seats mm-hmm. <laughs> um, or or something of that nature. But um, that's that's maybe how I would um, think about that. Um, yeah, I. I I think, um, you know, growing in general, 
growing into a nice e-commerce, um, something that represents the brand um, is definitely a goal. I haven't done that. I've been a little bit lazy about setting that up for myself. Um, so progress, progress will come and, and perfection is not here yet. <laughs> <laughs> That's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So going back to like when you started Context Vintage, did you, when did you decide like, wow, this is something that I'm going to stick with because, because I know you and I have had a lot of conversations about like, (laughs) like we'll text each other and you're like, yeah, it's an, it's an obsession. Like that, even like the art, (laughs) you know, the art, (laughs) you curating beautiful art, like vintage art pieces and everything. You're like, yeah, it's it's an obsession. And I'm like, I love, I love hearing that because I, I think it's so beautiful to really find a like your passion in life and I see that with you in Context Vintage like I just I'm like I see the passion and so I'd love to hear about like yeah when was it the point when you were like oh this is this is this feels really good and I love doing this well I I I mean I you know not to be cliche but the thrill of the hunt is Mm -hmm. definitely a thing it's Mm -hmm. it's addicting I I don't really have any compulsions or addictions besides hunting (laughs) beautiful things and constantly having the drive to be out there hoping for that magical thing Mm -hmm. to present itself to me and just send a shiver down my spine and the excitement is just unmatched I mean thank goodness that that passion is singular (laughs) not anything negative (laughs) in my life but um, it's definitely an obsession it's definitely a passion I, I just um, you know, those things that are just unique, um, that you'll never come across or rare that you've seen and have always hoped that you would find, um, and you do. And it's just this moment that it's so exciting. It's so fun. It's, um, and then, you know, if something is damaged, um, the care that, you know, you can give to something to bring it back to life. Um, I'm polishing brass today, for example, mm. that's been all over <laughs> my Instagram. <laughs> I'm just, just putting my rubber gloves on and polishing mm. brass hardware for a chest of drawers that, oh you know, will just make it beautiful for another 50 years. Mm-hmm. Um, and just, I, I don't know. It's funny um, with architecture, the process of design and the the um, the process of working with a client um, mm-hmm. is so long. Mm-hmm. It is a very long. It is a very um, drawn out process, um, and then. Uh, that process ends and then the process of construction begins and that is a long drawn out process and to see the result of your work your effort your time your energy is often many years Mm -hmm. down the line yeah and i think 
the instant gratification or somewhat instant gratification of um of vintage and working in this is is um it's just you know sort of a burst of excitement to find it and then a burst of excitement to restore it and Mm -hmm. a burst of excitement when it finds the person that it's intended to go home with Mm -hmm. it's um it's it feels um like there's a lot more fun and joy in that for me and um so I think that's probably what's kept me in it yeah for as long as I've been in it oh my gosh that makes so much sense I love that I also just that's so that's like you know as a somebody who's very passionate about sustainability I love to hear the excitement around like refurbishing and repurposing and all that too because that is I wish that all Americans and all the world had more excitement around that because I feel like we have in the last couple decades kind of shifted to more of this like oh well that's broken throw it away you know and it's like what you're saying about like you know polishing brass like for was it is it dresser I couldn't tell was it a dresser is it a dresser dresser. yeah Uh yeah polishing (laughs) brass for the dresser it's like I mean that is, and you see it immediately, the results of that and how much more beautiful and taking care of and timeless that piece is now. So that's just, I love, I love to hear that. Yeah, um, yeah. It's, you know, it's a little thing and it's just a dresser at the end of the day. But, you know, I, I don't want to get too goofy into the philosophy here but it 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 just feels better to me to leave something in a better state than how it was originally how you found it. yeah 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 oh I love that that's just that's what I want to hear <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah well you're you're doing yeah. that <laughs> I mean yeah that's that's what came to mind I was just like wow yeah I just that I want to leave the planet in a better place than we found it that's yeah a hundred percent what motivates me every day so um you can see that yeah so uh okay so how do you get I mean I'd love to hear any details you're willing to share about like the process of like because I feel like there's a lot of research with vintage too. That come, it's like, where is this piece from? What is the true value of it? Like, there's so much of like research in that side. So, like, how did you learn about? Yeah, like even. I mean, I know there's Google, but <laughs> I, you know, um, I I will say, um, a, a, in in design school, in architecture school, you do learn about. Um, furniture designers. There are furniture design courses and furniture building courses um, because really, again, that, you know, the craft with construction can be translated to the craft of furniture building. It's all building. Mm -hmm. And um, so I, I think most of the time when you're talking to an architect or an engineer or any kind of contractors, people generally appreciate good craftsmanship, good good design, good materials, um, and quality. And um, so, it's it's pretty easy once you've done, or let's say you've acquired one thing and compared it to another thing. Um, it's pretty easy 
almost instantaneous Mm -hmm. that you can recognize quality when you see it. in terms of knowing a lot about individual designers or certain movements in furniture design or painting or um, glassworks or whatever medium it is. I guess I would say, um, I mean, if you're driven to research about a certain piece, which many, many people are. It's just interesting. It's like history. It's mm-hmm. um, you, you learn about why a bentwood chair is important. And it's because the technology that was invented at the time or as a result of somebody's drive to do a certain thing with a certain material like steam wood and what you can do with mm. wood once you steam it. And does it hold the shape of a bend um when it dries or um something of that nature you know so it's it's interesting um i think to me inherently that you're sort of seeing the world through the lens of a certain piece Mm -hmm. um meaning like what materials were readily available what materials were scarce why something was painted you know, to look like a certain wood that was on trend at a certain time in history, mm-hmm. um, or why a certain wood was considered um, simple and inferior at a certain time, whereas mm-hmm. in relation to that time, maybe now it's considered desirable and higher quality mm-hmm. than it would have been at that time um you know as as materials become more scarce um we find a new appreciation for them mm-hmm. um you know certain materials like rosewood where at one time they were imported quite a bit from scandinavian countries um and scandinavian furniture had that type of wood we don't see that a lot so values mm. rise there are you know restrictions placed on cutting those types of woods because they're um you know under uh, forest management and mm-hmm. um scarcity and and you know they they're not being replanted mm-hmm. and grown and you know we can get into deforestation and (laughs) all kinds of things like that but you know it's it's true it's it's those um you just you you learn about um the cycle of materials and um so much more when you start researching um a person or a designer or furniture maker an architect who did architecture and furniture design and Mm -hmm. it's just fascinating you know it's it seems like a natural um way to educate yourself is just to have interest for something and and desire to want to learn about it yeah oh that's so cool I feel like I I feel like you could write a book about that (laughs) (laughs) I mean I'm sure there are books about it out there but I'm I'm just like even envisioning like your furniture and like the story behind you know each of the pieces and I just Mm -hmm. yeah that's so cool to hear I didn't even know that about bent wood chairs and we are we have mm-hmm. Bentwood chairs in the sustain store from you. That's so I didn't know right. that. I'm like, now I want to research the, the whole history of Bentwood chairs so I can tell oh, everybody yeah. about it. Yeah. Um, uh, you, wow. you should. Yeah. <laughs> I encourage that. Yeah, that's so fascinating. 
Oh my gosh. And it's, it's just fun. You know, it's, um, it's, it's much better to enrich yourself in that, you know, in that way, um, Mm -hmm. than spending time. I mean, I love history channel and, you know, Mm -hmm. all of those televised ways of getting information, but reading is good too. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So cool. Um, okay. So, and I have another question that is, um, more about like, so I know you just did a big, I don't, I want to, I want to call it an event, but, um, a big show, a big show. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so do you do, you don't do too many of those a year, right? Mostly you're, you're selling on Cherish, you're selling through Instagram, right? Um, where else like can, can customers find uh, you? I've, I've stayed predominantly as a quote unquote virtual, um, shop Mm -hmm. for lack of a better term, um, for this entire time. And, you know, every once in a while, um, I would, um, meet with, uh, clients and have a little FaceTime. And I mean, honestly, I think through the pandemic and coming out of the pandemic, I just really felt like I wanted to not only showcase a little bit more in, in kind of a larger way rather than just photographing in a home environment, um, or a warehouse space, something super bare bones and casual. Um, but I wanted to, um, interact with people in an, in the environment with pieces, Mm -hmm. uh, laid out in a way that was usable. And I, I, you know, there have been shows um, for many, many years all across the country um, and all kinds of events that um, vintage and antique dealers can participate in. And um, the show that I was uh, interested in was one in Texas that I'd known about for a while um, called Round Top. And it's just uh, a huge international antique fair that draws, I think, probably tens of thousands of people um, to this incredible place that is beautiful and um, crowded and just full of everything that you could possibly imagine um, in the world of vintage and antiques Mm -hmm. and every kind of person from a fine dealer of European antiques to a small shop like myself that is just a sole proprietor with a passion and um, everybody from local Texas shoppers that come out to have fun and walk around and eat good food and have nice drinks and just stay in Airbnbs and have a weekend or a couple days with friends or family to shop and uh, just enjoy the environment um, to furniture stores shopping for inventory to interior designers um, shopping for clients Um, it is a huge event 
it's a great, awesome mix of people. Um, it's exciting. It's um, and it's just growing by leaps and bounds every year. Um, and I just, um, yeah, I've, I've participated now twice, um, once in the uh, spring and then just back uh, last month in October for the fall show. And um, it was it was really nice. And it's just, it's so nice to have a response from people um, face-to-face and oh chat gosh, with them yeah. about things um that's how i feel with this store too the sustained store like i love yeah just being able to talk to customers you know it's exactly Mm -hmm. yeah where you i mean you you have such good feedback such good clientele that you're getting to answer questions at your store um you know analogous to this event I, I you know I get to answer questions mm-hmm. give a little quick history you know explain why I love something and see why they love it see if those reasons are the same or yeah. um, if we can educate each other about things that that we both appreciate yeah. so so cool i'm also really amazed i know you i know i feel like this isn't something you mentioned but like the just the fact that one you're managing uh vintage furniture in two different locations so you have some stuff in fort collins and then you have some stuff still still in texas um and then that also like for something like that like what what we were talking about like whenever i do sustain pop-ups it's this whole thing i take hundreds of products it's just a big it's just exhausting (laughs) to be honest that's how i really was like i want a store where we can just focus on building a community you know that we have a space where we're we're you know in every day i mean we're closed on mondays but um but like we're in there every day and we can get that feedback we can build community and we can have a space so that we I'm not burning myself out by doing all these pop-ups and things. So yeah, I just am, I just want to tell you I'm amazed because for, oh for furniture, that is a bit, like I've seen you driving like a truck and pulling the <laughs> furniture out and you have a whole process and it's just very impressive because when I first, when you were even going to drop the furniture off at the sustain store, I was like, okay, but do you like, don't you have a mover or like, I was so worried about the whole thing. And then you're just like, had your everything set up. We were able to unload it. Just, just uh, like, I mean, yeah, it went so smoothly. I was like, so amazed by the entire thing because yeah, moving, I mean, moving big pieces in general just gives me a bit of anxiety because I'm like, oh my gosh, what if I just scratch it? What if I do this or that, you know? Um, so I just, it, yeah, very it impressed. Can definitely, it can definitely be uh, exciting. Yeah, exciting. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but, you know, there are logistics that have to be dealt with mm-hmm. and, um some pieces are heavier than others and bigger than others and you just um i i have help um i have i do have movers Mm -hmm. but um a lot of the time it's just me Mm -hmm. and my favorite friend leverage and Mm -hmm. gravity yeah they are just (laughs) awesome they help me so much 
<laughs> oh my gosh yeah i need like a tutorial on that because i <laughs> i'm like just yeah i've the way you even yeah just like how you get things out of the truck i'm just like wow that's it's just like a, it's scientific like it really it is, is scientific yeah yeah <laughs> i guess i guess those physics classes paid off yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh um well yeah so i mean what are your what are your dreams for context vintage like is there a specific like would do you want to continue kind of like with what i know you had mentioned maybe having an e-commerce one day do you want to continue with cherish would you rather customers reach out to you directly like what and like just ask for like hey well can you curate these three kind of pieces for or how like yeah what is like the i I mean i i think I, I definitely am working towards e-commerce um, just because um, there with with renewed interest comes renewed sort of um, for lack of a better word competition. Um, it's not really competition. It's just other um, opportunities for people to find vintage in other places. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm yeah. I'm one small shop. I'd love to grow. Um, and I'd love to catch a few more eyeballs mm-hmm. and bring them over to see the pieces that I have on offer. Um, again, another reason to meet people in person at shows a couple of times a year, mm-hmm. um, just to start to um, not only curate for the shop, but curate for a certain um, aesthetic that certain designers are looking for and mm-hmm. you know have confidence knowing that a certain caliber of item is going to be available from me yeah twice a year either there or virtually mm-hmm. if they need a specific item for a project yeah. so i guess i would say um i would like to um I, I love working with individuals um, for their personal homes, you know, to help them find a certain piece or um, help point them in the direction of options that are already in the current inventory um, or help identify a new um sort of piece that maybe they hadn't thought about using mm-hmm. um, in a certain way. But I think also um, with the e-commerce, I'm, I'm really hoping to build a little bit more of a trade, you know, to the trade, um, interior design, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. clientele. I think that's, it's really important to have those relationships for a little bit more, um, no pun intended, sustainability mm-hmm. um, of the business. I think it's um, just, I think it's really important to have those kinds of relationships so that designers have a a, a trust Mm -hmm. um, with me to know that um, the pieces that I've curated and brought into Context Vintage are of, you know, a really good level of finish, quality, caliber, um, visual interest, you know, Mm -hmm. usefulness that they can use in you know any number of projects throughout the year and um that helps keep my business going Mm -hmm. so um 
that's what I'd like to do is focus a little bit more on that. Oh, I love that. So, um, and then with, with what you're currently selling and curating, what, what would you describe? Because I know you said you started with mid-century, um, but what would you say, like, kind of your inventory encompasses today, like the different design That's styles? A really good question because <laughs> it changes uh-huh. um, with my personal interest, and I can't, you know, I can't help that because um, I'm just a human that is drawn to certain things, mm-hmm. and I, as I learn more. Um, about certain things and am exposed to new things, I get more interested and then I start looking for some of those things mm-hmm. um, myself and, you know, incorporating them into my home and incorporating them into the shop. Um, for example, I could have looked past American primitive furniture for the first 10 years that I had this business it just made it just it didn't draw me in the way that a Scandinavian sort of minimalist uh, mid-century piece might Mm -hmm. and I think that's changed dramatically over Mm. the last few years I think um, you know in a way it's because the appreciation of those mid-century classics and Scandinavian pieces has grown in popularity. Mm -hmm. I think we get a little bit more um, exposure to them and careful, I'm careful to use this word, but overexposure. Yeah. 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 I was thinking that word in my head too. Yeah. Totally. I understand yeah, I, what you're saying. I, I exactly. Think, I think we're good. We all know it's nice. We all know it's mm-hmm. beautiful. We all see it yeah. so much. And um, I'm, I'm reluctant to call it the end of a trend um, because I still love it. I, I have pieces in my home that I will never tire of um Mm -hmm. but there's more out there and i think sometimes mixing um something very very old a 19th century an 18th century you know incredibly worn wood something with soft edges Mm -hmm. with the other pieces that we were just talking about Mm -hmm. with those more hard lines and and orthogonal shapes um, is exciting to my eye right now. Mm-hmm. And so I just, you know, for this last show that we were just talking about at Round Top, I had purchased a couple of these American primitive pieces, an old blanket chest mm-hmm. that was just incredible, beautiful wear, beautiful patina, mm-hmm. really spare, almost like a shaker style, incredibly simple, beautiful, mm-hmm. but just worn, like, you know, uh, over well over a hundred years of wear. And it was the most popular piece in my space at that show. Wow. The other piece was um, a deacon's bench that was almost 11 feet long, sat outside for probably 80 years 
it was also well over a hundred years old once it came out of the church that it was originally from. Oh it just weathered to this light, just gray, beautiful tone, but the quality was still there. It had all these cubbies and the seat for pam you know, oh little booklets and Bibles and readers and mm -hmm. whatever else people would put in them where it was originally and it was just again the those two battled it out for first place in terms of popularity in my space they were they look so good with american vintage um quirky art modern art mm -hmm. um it's just you know make that is really i mean you've kind of brought me to the reason that i call the shop context it's mm -hmm. because that is really what i'm talking about right now it's mixing what you love what you're passionate about putting it together nobody else is going to have that combination except for you mm -hmm. because you are drawn to these things they're beautiful they're inherently beautiful but it's your you're putting adjacencies together you're mixing things in a special way that your neighbor is not going to be mixing in the same way and it's the context it's your space it's the adjacencies it's the contrasts it's um the mix you know it's it's putting the mix together Mm, okay, that is, I meant to ask you that earlier, so I'm so glad you answered that question. Because, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was, I think that's really, really cool. I love that so much. And that makes sense to me, too, because I think even, I can't remember the range of years, but even the things that are in the store, in the sustained store today from you, are from very different decades. Like, it's different a it's a wide range. I think they're all 19th century, but it is a, it's like, I think, it goes from like the 50s there's some 80s piece mm -hmm. um there i think there might be a slightly totally. earlier like 30 That's or 40s totally yeah yeah and so so cool and and your new your new yeah mm -hmm. and it all is just perfect it's just perfect together it yeah. feels seamless yeah it's, it's interesting but fresh mm -hmm. it's light it's it's just yeah it's so it good. looks so good it's i can't so good. wait and then we just this week are got some of mila's uh vintage uh art and so we're gonna make a gallery wall for holiday so that'll be i'm so excited to put that up too because i think it'll just it'll just give the space a whole different vibe with with some art pieces on the wall the store is so nice i cannot encourage people to come in enough it's just you know whether it's for an event or for just a day to go around that entire dairy block mm -hmm. development um there's so many beautiful places in the development yeah um, from there really coffee are. to restaurants to shopping it's it's great yeah it's yeah really we found nice. a good spot yeah <laughs> yeah come visit definitely um well thank you so much this was such a beautiful i loved hearing just a little bit more about your story and um and just yeah i'm just so impressed with the collection that you have and so so definitely so that people can find you on instagram at context vintage right that's your instagram See handle what? 
That's my handle. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Great. Yeah. So definitely follow Mila on Instagram because she posts new. Pe- you post new pieces all the time there. I try. I try to keep it very fresh with um, either um, process stories about what I'm working on or um, drives. Mm-hmm. out to the mountains where I'm mm-hmm. hunting down something new <laughs> and quirky for the shop um, or a new piece um, yeah. that I'm posting or um, a silly reel that I uh, <laughs> experiment with. I love your reels. I'm like, everything I, I just, yeah, the, like every t- every time I see you post, I'm like, oh, what is she, what's new? What's what she got? <laughs> like, I'm just like liking everything. <laughs> I'm like, can I double like this? <laughs> Um, yeah, well, you have beautiful pieces and I'm so appreciative of our partnership with the store because the sustained store would not be the same without the beautiful context vintage pieces inside of it. So, so it's just a treat to be a part of sustain. It really is. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining today. Thanks, Jacqueline. See you soon. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Sustain Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you have any suggestions for future topics, please reach out to us through our website or Instagram. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and leave us a review if you enjoyed what you heard. Your support means the world. Thanks again for tuning in. We look forward to creating a more circular future together, imperfectly, but collectively.